Uh, hey. Uh, the laundry's still in wash. Um, uh, but I thought, um, well, I'm wide awake, so... So I, um, it's gonna be a bit not. I thought I'm gonna have some of this here wine, but I didn't want to open it before um, you got out of the shower because I, I noticed you didn't drink your tea. And would, well, I totally get that, by the way. I mean, you don't know me, and, and this is a really weird situation. It makes total sense. Um, but I thought that, um, you know, you might want some of this, but if I open it while you weren't here, that, um, that, um, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm rambling, Jesus Christ. Um, I thought you wouldn't want any if you didn't see me open it. So I waited. I'm good. scares us and what saves us. This is the fear of God. Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear. Whether it is your second episode or your 302nd, you are at the place where every single week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the Fear of God podcast. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And guys, he was here, but he said he needed to go measure the basement. Frankly, I did not know he had a basement. In the meantime, allow me to welcome you listeners back to a brand new year here at the fear of god podcast in our very first series of the year every february we cover films from the previous year's slate of horror releases and 2023 is no different what is different is today we'll not only be covering a 2022 film and we are not only joined by friend of the show and maybe more matt murray but starting with our patron segment featuring a brand new spin on the watcher we'll also be joined by previous guests Evan Derrick and AJ Porfirio of Van Ryder Games, award-winning creators of the solo board game no horror fan should miss, Final Girl. AJ and Evan will catch us up on the progress of Final Girl Season 2's rollout, and then all five of us will discuss the sleeper juggernaut in film in both mine and Reed's top three from 2022, Barbarian. But... Before we overconfidently declare ourselves safe from threat, permit me to remind you listeners that here at The Fear of God, we explore. We don't explain. Except for right now when I explain that you can find every fog and fear of God thing imaginable at thefearofgodpodcast.com. Things like how to support us on Patreon, as well as essays, team bios, episode archives, merchandise. <laughs> Read like Mama. <laughs> that's how, that's how that's how I'm gonna do the here. entire episode. Uh <laughs> I am. Matt Murray's here. 
by the skin of my teeth. Matt, Matt, hey, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, as your guest. I'm a little uh, thirsty. I didn't know if you had anything to drink around. No, I'm oh, open. Well, I'm open just... to anything. Um, <laughs> you know what? I have some. I have some old uh-huh. milk. Okay. That uh, I don't even know where it came from. Yeah. That'll be old happy Harry to uh, happy to share fresh? with you. How fresh it is. is it? You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on it too much. It's. It's probably. You know. You ever get those hey, frosties man. from yeah. Wendy's where you have Whoa. to like really this took a turn. You have oh. to like the the straw like you you the like you really have to work hard because the like getting that frosty up the straw is like a complete <laughs> and total disaster Do like big consume <laughs> frosties with the straw yeah i mean like it's 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 really it's really bad and then like honestly like you try well they're you know they're so thick and then like you know like if a baby tried to suck on it the soft spot in their head would like cave in oh it would my just like, God. You know, like what is there the hell is- that's there hair in the straw too. <laughs> there is. There so is much. kind of the, that's the kind of consistency. Are you getting the picture? It's like yep. it's all you know. That's the, that's kind of what <laughs> yeah, you can not expect. Not thirsty anymore. But, I'm good. <laughs> but you know what? If you want it, I'll happily offer it to you. I will give good. it to you uh, for free. <laughs> no. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. Oh crap! Matt just logged off. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. It's like uh, SNL. The, the later sketches get a little, a little crazy, a little, a little punchier. Unhinged, you know, yeah. And so you know, we are recording this, this intro after, quite after late. Hours. Yeah, yeah. Fear of God after hours. Wow, that's a whole new segment. Mm, yeah. I'm excited for that. That's we're yeah. gonna add that as a patron tier. After hours, fear of God. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that we should do that. I, this is me vetoing that. <laughs> like, no, thanks. that is unwise um so a little bit of business time before we get to the patron segment okay okay so matt this is a unique moment for the fear of god for our friendship for you as just a human in the world um more than just being my personal friend of a decade plus more than a premier fogger we are here today during this business time section to bestow upon you the honor of professional fogger uh you are Oh, man. A, a fog staffer. It is a plum assignment, Matt, replete with an aggressive signing bonus, as well as the promise of asking you occasionally to appear on episodes and only when you show up, let you know what you were supposed to have watched. Okay. Conan the Barbarian. That's what we're watching today. Yeah. Um, Conan, Conan, Conan the Barbarian. The Barbarian. Yes. Yes. Oh, well. I hope, Conan, I hope Conan AJ haven't hey, got the memo. Listen, based on this film, be glad that we did not bestow on you the title of Mother Fogger. Because <laughs> based on speaking of fog after this, hours, based on this film, <laughs> lucky. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, uh, we got we got to know what on earth yeah. you're here for, Matt. Mm-hmm. So, joking aside, yeah, if that's possible at all, not a. As this Fear of God episode will portend, at least the patron segment, the horizon of horror's cultural reach are vast. And one particular area growing exponentially in recent years is that of the board game industry. And one thing I know about Matt Murray is he is a big board game head and has gotten me into several over the years. And as you'll find on our patron segment, I have gotten he and perhaps read into several over the years. So, Matt, welcome to the Fog Party formally. As our new gory gamer. Ooh. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, like I'm excited to, to discuss a monthly stipend with you. 
Okay. Um, to yep. go use at my uh, my <laughs> local game store, games and stuff in Glen Burnie, Maryland. I'll do a little okay. shout out. Um, and now I can <clears> tell my wife when I come home with a bag full of games, it's a business expense. That's and, exactly. uh, you know, yes, yes. It's, yes. Yeah. it's, it's tax stuff. It's for the community. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yep, it was yep, a, secur- yep. a circuitous way to get you there, but yeah, we found a way. There we go. <laughs> Life the fog will make a way, a way where there seems to be no uh, other way. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Listeners, if you haven't already, you will see Matt, uh, more of Matt, in the Facebook group, plugging games, prompting conversation, as he has sometimes done already, just now in a more formal role. That's very exciting. Yeah, we got a gory gamer in our midst, uh, formally introducing that. Um, we also, read. we referenced this last week with... Grady Hendrix, read. We had Grady I, Hendrix back on the fo- on the phone fo- on the fog. I mean, it what was, time yes. is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, read. We had Grady Hendrix back in the fog. That was amazing, wasn't it? So oh man, I'm so excited about that. We announced that uh, last week as part of our business time, but want to reiterate, and this is news to you. It's news gamer. to me. Oh no, uh, nope. Uh, we are formally announcing. Man, alliteration is tough when it's super late at night. We are formally announcing happy hour horror hangouts. Matt, say that phrase. Happy hour horror hangouts. (laughs) Nailed it. He sounded like a six-year-old trying to say it. (laughs) Yes, we are are about to embark upon a whole new patron era for the fog and that of happy hour horror hangouts, horror, horror hangouts. It is a brand new perk open to all patron levels. We're going to be implementing a monthly Zoom hangout with your hosts, fellow foggers, sometimes both those, sometimes one host. We'll see how the schedule allows. We will make a post soon in the Patreon feed uh, to maximize scheduling and attendance for the first one. But Mm -hmm. uh, it it is meant to be low pressure. This is not uh, uh, an event. It is just a Happy Hour Horror Hangout, as the name implies. It's going to be a great new yeah. way to continue to cement uh, the Fog community as the premier horror fandom. Come hang out with us in 45-minute or so Zoom sessions to talk movies, share a beverage, ask questions, enjoy each other's company. I am excited for Happy Hour Horror Hangouts. And you, listener, can join Patreon at even just the $5 level and start coming to those. It's going to happen. We need to figure out when we're going to do one for February. So make it happen. We'll throw it in the feed. Reed, right. are you happy are you excited for happy hour horror hangouts i am super excited i'm just excited to get like i feel like the ways that we have engaged with the fog community before has always been either in really formal settings or there's been a lot of prep to it what i'm most excited about for these little hangouts is it's literally just going to be like okay yeah, yeah we're just, just going to chill yeah we're just going to chill uh if you can't stay the whole time that's fine if you want to just come and just like hey i just wanted to say hi to everybody and then pop back out like that's going to be the kind of vibe and i'm really looking forward to that because i feel like it's going to make me feel a little bit more connected to some of the names and faces that we've known for years but uh just don't get to have those kind of casual conversations so i'm super excited about that yeah honestly really looking forward to it um, i'm excited uh the community will get uh, a chance to tell you guys what they really think about you so that would be a great <laughs> yeah especially okay. a couple, knock, yeah. knock back a couple of bottles and we'll see what comes out yeah i will yeah yes. I, I'm definitely going to have patrons. my drink We're going to have some people join just so they can say, and another thing. And another <laughs> thing. I still uh, can't believe you didn't like BBS DOJ. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> I know. it's <laughs> They're out there. 
Um, Speaking of Patreon, we really shouldn't keep our other guests waiting any longer. So without further adieu, the patron mobile. So about this episode, last year, we featured AJ Porfirio and Evan Derrick of Van Ryder Games as their Kickstarter for season two of their award-winning board game, Final Girl, was wrapping up. But we could tell from the discussion and from how incredible their game is designed from a horror standpoint that they were kindred spirits with all of us foggers, so had been looking for an opportunity to have them back, and that time is now. For one, AJ and Evan, welcome back, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for uh, having two, us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, two, we will get to Barbarian momentarily. And we'll, well, I say we'll get to Barbarian. Perhaps Barbarian will get to us. As I know, we are all nursing a desire to discuss it. Ah. <laughs> that is, you, that, ugh, that's disgusting. Why, oh, oh, my God. Start that way. That's just like, oh, I'm, trying to drink, I'm trying to enjoy my drink here. Like, that, that ain't, it's not right. Slow clap. I, I just booped the camera. Um, but I wanted, I want us to spend some time at least catching up about how Final Girls go and maybe open the floor for Reed and Matt to ask a que- a question each just for the sake of time about non-barbarian stuff. So, so Evan and AJ, uh, how's it going? <laughs> Last time you were here, the Kickstarter was wrapping up a first phase, which I know there'd already been a print run of season one, but as part of this grand Kickstarter uh, phase one, which is season one reprint has rolled out and entered the wild in season two formally. If my memory is correct about uh, timelines is just a couple weeks away from us distribution. He says with fingers crossed um, one, just like, what has that journey been like watching this come to fruition? Um, I'm I'm genuinely curious from you guys, like, and maybe this is proximity bias or genre bias. Like, how does how does Final Girl stack up in the Van Ryder catalog of like, is you know, is is it uh, a a strong uh, uh, you know product? Is it is it how does it compare with stuff? So so the questions are, how you doing? What's the journey been mm-hmm. like? Uh, are you completely exhausted? Uh, and how does Final Girl fit in the overall Van Ryder catalog, as it were? Whoever wants to go first. Settle in, guys. That's a lot. <laughs> no. And the episode. Um, I'll I'll start it off, Evan, and you can jump in and add or or say what you want. But so it you know, last year was an incredible year for us. Um and obviously Final Girl is the primary reason for that, but there were also a lot of other things company related and other games related that were exciting too but yes i mean you know when you have a game go kickstarter viral so to speak i mean that changes everything um i mean just to put that in perspective the the revenue from final the final world kickstarter eclipsed our best year which was the previous year of our entire catalog uh and in revenue from one you know one kickstarter right so so it was, it is absolutely our biggest title uh, from a sales perspective. And now also from an accolades perspective, um, we've since won, you know, you mentioned award, award winning. We won best solo game of the year from the Dice Tower, the Golden Geek from Board Game Geek for solo game. We won best theme from Dice Tower, 
as well. Congratulations on um, all of that. That's amazing. Yes. And, you know, people are, you know, from the outside in, it, it looks like all roses, but I, I was like, by the end of the year, also telling people like it, it was sort of a blessing and a little bit of a curse too at times because that level of success brings a whole nother level layer of stress and like sure yeah, i can imagine know, we have seven figures of inventory you know that we are ordering and managing and like as the the primary one who handles that for me the logistics side of things and just you know eleven thousand backers asking questions and wondering where their stuff is is a lot different from you know two thousand sure. um and so kind of with all the success came also a lot of a lot of stress, but luckily we've done this a few times and we kind of know what we're doing. And outside of a, a two month delay that was outside of our control, we, you know, we're like you said, going to deliver in the next month or so, which is only a month after our estimate was December uh, of yeah. last year. So had we not lost those two months, you know, it was basically, you know, where our factory was got locked down um, earlier in the year for COVID stuff. I mean, it's very, it's very likely we would have actually delivered per what our estimate was. And those are just estimates. So it's like, sure. to me, like being within a month or two of that is essentially being, you know, hitting your goal. Right. Um, but Absolutely. so we're extremely excited and a crazy amount of work went into it, you know, not just for myself and Evan, but everyone on our team, as well as also, you know, we have lots of partners, you know, third party logistics and manufacturers and content creators showing off the game to people i mean it's just been it's been an incredible ride and we're excited to sort of keep keep riding it um so to speak i mean we've already announced that there will be a season a series three so that's definitely going to happen uh we you know when that will be you know still to be determined and we're definitely focused on getting series two out there Mm -hmm. Um, but we are super excited and barring some, some big time, you know, unexpected event. I mean, you will see the game in Q1 starting to, you know, after it gets the backers starting to get on the shelves available on our website, all of that good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Decker Reed, congratulations. Evan, anything you want to tag in on that? Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of work, but it's also been a lot of fun. It's, it's really wonderful to watch, you know, we, we like the stuff that we make. <laughs> it's one of the reasons <laughs> why we make it. Um, but when you make things, when you create things, you, you never fully know if other people are going to like them too. Sure. And you need enough people to like them that will give you money for them. So you can keep making things. <laughs> um, and so it's very, it's really fortunate and wonderful to watch watch people take this thing you've created and really enjoy it and, and find uh, just have a lot of fun with it. It's when we sat and played the game, um, we would, we would play the game we would test it ourselves and we'd always have fun with the stories the game would tell. We, I, I think pretty consistently whenever we've designed a new uh, feature film or a new killer, uh, we bring it to, like one another, like if I design one, I'll bring it, show it to AJ and, and vice versa. And we'll sit and play it. And inevitably the, the, the designer of the box, like 
cackles with glee as the person playing it is murdered and terrible things happen <laughs> to them and stuff. So awesome. And so we we had so much fun doing that, but then we didn't know if that would. I mean, you know, we 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 thought maybe other people wouldn't like it the same way, but we didn't realize uh, the level of. Uh, excitement and enjoyment that the game would generate with other people that the, that the things that we really loved about it turned out to be the things that everybody else really loves about it too. So that's, that's been really wonderful because we designed stuff that we thought was really cool before. And then it, it, it does okay, or it's not as well received or, or, or whatever. And, th- and that's fine. That's part of the course, but um, it, it's been really great to see something that we poured so much of our passion and love for horror film into uh, be received so well. That's been, that's been fantastic. Well, and to your that's point, awesome. two quick notes, and then I'll let Reed and Matt throw their hat in the ring and, and perhaps tie us off after that. But like one, I just am so impressed with, I don't, I'm going to say the word design. What I'm actually not referring to is the mechanics of the game, but I'm referring to the design of the, of the product like it's so cool uh the the vcr sort of vibe the 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 way the boxes fold on each other and don't and 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 the way the the aspects of the box are used like i, I read matt and myself are in a text thread that is predominantly dominated by final girl chatter um and, I, and i've just kind of gushed to them i'm like man this is just so cool like and and to have that feeling of um you know, uh, a, a product that clearly has a lot of thought put into not just how does it play, but how does it literally sit on a shelf and how does the thing that sits on the shelf translate into the play itself? So, so super, super hats off on that. But Evan, your, your note about the, the cackling with glee at each other's discovery of, of the narrative possibilities. So uh, this might've been Halloween week. And and reading Matt, y'all will, y'all will remember this well. I was playing a Lori Hans showdown because we, uh, Evan and AJ at the show, did a we called it Halloween at Halloween. So back in the fall, leading up to literally October thirty first, we covered all of the Halloween films, the Michael Myers films, and so it we it was just in the zeitgeist, all this stuff. So you know, Lori Hans, that's going to be the most direct comparison. So I played that a bunch. Uh, that showdown a bunch and one night i was just i was by myself in the house i had the halloween soundtrack going and i was just firing off text to read matt to uh, building this narrative as my game was closing mm-hmm. in and laurie and hans were uh, uh you know kind of uh, encroaching upon each other and I, I finished it with rolling believe it or not three sixes i took a photo of it in the moment which was just the nail in the coffin for hans and it was just this great like really exciting you know sort of fun experience and to be able to though they weren't physically present share that with the two of them like that that sort of unadulterated like this is just awesome no one else who isn't us is really gonna catch the vibe of this right now but i know y'all do and it's cool so really love the narrative possibilities as well as well as the design i've never experienced the i've done a lot of solo games but i've never had one before where it's so much fun to experience from the outside you know uh i've watched playthroughs i watched paula demings playthrough and uh so just a solo game where you can have just as much fun watching the game and, and it's almost like watching your own horror movie it's like just seeing how it unfolds i mean it's 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 just impressive I, i've just never seen that before before i jump in anymore matt and reed throw something out and i'm gonna defer there. to matt matt go yeah. for it 
Uh, first question, where's my stuff? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why your demon monitor this <laughs> is, uh, shuts off. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is some grinding journalism right here. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say, so another impressive thing about Series 1 is there's no really standout as far as like, hands down, this is the best scenario. Everyone kind of has their favorite. Everyone's like, you know, I like these two. These are my favorite. Or like, you know, it's, it's very across the board. And so just looking forward to Series 2, I mean, do you guys see any that are going to kind of hit, you know, especially hard or, or any that you think are going to be standout? Or, or what, do you, what are your feelings about that? Um, I, I, think, I think Series 2 is going to, I think there's going to be, people are going to like different ones for different reasons. I think there's some really strong ones. Um, the Evo Morph one, the one that takes place in space, the 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 location is really cool it's the spaceship um it's a lot of fun you can like you can set the self-destruct on the ship and blow the whole ship up you can like airlock (laughs) the killer out (laughs) out into space so that's gonna be a lot of fun uh the organism that aj designed which is set in in you know on a you know outpost in antarctica um, that one is really cool mechanism where there are these like infected victims running around and then they just mutate potentially into, into these horrifying killers. But then there's also the, uh, we've got this one set at a, an insane asylum. Um, it's called Wolf Asylum. And I think the location there is going to be a lot of fun. It's actually a little bit easier, but you run around and pick up these pills off of the floor, basically like meds that the crazy people have dropped um and uh depending on which pills you get you can combine them and take them and it it, like gives you extra powers and ability you just basically uh taking all of these random pills you found on the ground in an asylum and putting them in your mouth and then you get super like cool powers and stuff so just like like, all of like all of this stuff there's also side effects a lot of really cool thing so i I think we're going to see a lot of the same thing where people are going to have really like one or the other um and and there's not going to be anyone that's necessarily going to be like the standout hit okay i know we're excited about the uh outer space one because we can finally get hans in space or yeah as nathan says i'm queuing you up nathan I mean, it kind of works. He's got the pig mask on, you know? Uh Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I'm a little disappointed about is that I should have put some like liquid nitrogen in the, in that feature film. And I did not. That's the only, that was, that's the only opportunity. Every time I I play it and I'm pining for some liquid nitrogen, I'm like, (laughs) Hey, but can't you make your own item? I mean, like that's you know that's that's something you know that's uh that's a, you make some liquid nitrogen and throw sure. it in there. Yeah, you know? we are I actually. Assume, I assume you guys was... know what I'm referencing, right? The Terminator, right? No, Jason X. Oh, oh Jason oh, oh, X. Oh, oh. oh wow! <laughs> you remember yeah, totally when like that? Yeah, yeah. Like drops the girl or whatever in the liquid yeah. nitrogen. And she like she freezes and then girl. he busts her right open. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a girl too. But yeah, no, that's quality uh, cinema. What were you saying, AJ? I was saying. You brought up making your own item. That was actually, we have a make your own final girl tool. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a web tool where you can go make your own final girl. And that's awesome. In the second Kickstarter, we unlocked the make your own item. So that's actually in development to be able to, I mean, you can 
upload an image from your computer, whatever you want. So if you want to make that's you know, exciting. A launcher, you can go do that. Um, so that is that is something you could definitely do, and you don't have to, you know, cut out a, a handwritten note. You can actually use kind of our graphics once we that's get exciting. that. That's exciting. Oh, so that's exciting. Um, that's awesome. No, I mean, yeah, I kind of echo Evan. I I think that it'll be interesting to see because in theory we should be a little bit better at this in series two as you know, than we were in series one, or at least know kind of what worked and what, you know, people like. And I think that we are really good at giving you a new experience. I saw someone the other day and they were like, well, I think after series two, they've pretty much tapped, you know, what, what they can do. And that is the furthest thing from the true. We can, you know, we could do a lot more um, and have plans to. Um, so I'm, awesome. I'm excited to sort of, you know, accept that challenge. But yeah, we're doing, I mean, we're doing different things, but at the same time, um, not stretching the system so far where it's like, well, this is getting too complex or this is, you know, we kind of have, me and Evan especially have, and we have some guest designers, but we make sure through the development process that there are certain tenants that we're going to sort of follow and make sure because of the way the system is and how it's modular and how we have to have mix and match. And that's not to say that there can't be, you know, if you play Hans on the spaceship, maybe there might be some weird interaction or, but overall, you know, that was a key thing is making sure the system holds up to mixing and matching this killer at this location. And once series two's out, if you don't even count the vignettes, I mean, there's going to be a hundred different combinations, you know, 10 locations, 10 Amazing. killers. Um, of of what people can play so you know arguably once series two is out there will be some com combinations that have only been played a handful of times or maybe once in playtesting or or maybe none even i mean but the system will hold up to that that's cool that's so awesome what you know I, I think it's very interesting and we have a discord and people are always talking about what they're excited about and to be honest, all of them get thrown out uh, as, oh, this one, I'm most excited of this one because XYZ. Um, and it's just interesting to see the different interests. Like, I mean, we even had people that were like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't interested in season one because it's kind of a lot of slashers. But now that they have, you know, monsters in series two, like, that's my jam. Like, I'm that's all cool. in on that. So, sure. Um, there's the more we can do, there's just something for everyone. Um, and so, yeah, there's, and then, you know, the vignettes, the birds, you know, uh, tear from above in the first series. And then the, the vignette in the second is tear from the grave. So there's a zombies one. Um, but to go back to your question, Matt, I'm actually going to say what I think people are going to love and maybe they're not expecting is, so the box of props is what has a lot of the stretch goals that we unlocked in it. And in, in there are, there are 10 signature action cards. So there are new action cards that are going to let you do different things. Um, but you're only going to have kind of one chosen at random or you can choose it, you know, for each game. Uh, and, you know, I've messed around with those a little bit and they're, uh, they're a ton of fun and give you kind of different options. Like, for example, I, I played one. There's an ambush card where you can actually ambush the killer. So it's kind of oh, a wow. reaction card. So where, like, they walk in your space and you attack them before they can That's do cool. anything. That's um, cool. And, you know, a bunch of other cool stuff like that. So 
I think people are going to be are going to be excited about that for sure. Every couple of weeks, I'll go onto the Kickstarter and look through all the stretch goals. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about all the upgraded components. All the uh, what's the the die? The last chance die? What's that called? The uh, yeah, the desperation die. Desperation yep. die. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All of it's like, I mean, I, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. It's going to be once it's the doorstep. It's going to be a, a very good day. Exciting. So awesome. I, uh, I know we've been talking a lot. I, uh, I have uh, just a couple quick notes and then a question, and then maybe, maybe that'll wrap us up. So first, I, I want to, uh, again, slow clap and, and maybe vigorously applaud uh, when you talk about inventory management. My, my day job, not many people know this, my day job is as a procurement manager. And so I hear you know, that, that seven figures of inventory. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I completely resonate with how complex that, uh, that can be. Um, the other thing I want to mention is just, uh, just, I, I do love the versatility of the game and the way that it kind of, I, I love that when I have lost so far, it has rarely, uh, once or twice it's been a bloodbath, but usually it's pretty close. Usually it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty neck and neck kind of game. And I love that because that keeps me coming back because it feels, I have played games before where it was just no contest and like where I just like, okay, I never even saw the finish line. And that's so debilitating as a gamer. One of the things I've really soaked up as uh, uh, playing Final Girl is that, yeah, no, that you, you stand a good chance. I have one once uh, i've played it many many times but i did i legit won one time i mean i made hans mine he was he stood no chance there was no way that he was going to get out of there alive um but even I losing am, is fun i found so you, it, it is you, play, you lose and you're like well i mean it was, that was still a good time <laughs> worth it worth it there's, a, there's there's gonna be a sequel um so so the other thing that i want to mention is uh is just like you talk about how maybe some random individuals, maybe with a dearth of imagination, I don't know them, I can't say, have said like, oh, well, now they've tapped out. Uh, There was a very similar thing when we started Fear of God, where they were like, well, how long can this last? Like you're talking about (laughs) horror films through this other lens, like how long can this last? And and here we are six years and like, (laughs) you know, so it's just like, I feel like whenever you're operating in that space, there's just things keep emerging and things keep popping up, which leads me to my next question. You, you're probably not going to be able to, but I, I, I want to know, is there, is there anything you can tease us with for, for Series 3? Any any vague hint, any veiled reference, any any nugget that you can say, hey, go you know go go puzzle this out? And, and, and it's a completely fair response if you're like, no, no, we can't really get into all of that. But I just I had to ask the question. I have you here. We're, we're, we're enjoying our conversation, so I, so I had to ask. Is there any teaser for Season 3 you can give us? Sure. So I, we actually just did a in the last Kickstarter update, I kind of went in there and I said, and we actually teased series three in the last update of when we funded, uh, I signed off at the very bottom of the update in a certain way that was actually clues to what might be coming. And interestingly, like at that time, like no one caught it, or at least no one said, huh, that's interesting. So in this last update, I said, Hey, I actually, there's actually a nugget in one of the past updates where we basically kind of, you know, alluded to what some of the films might be in series three. Oh, so that's exciting. You will get it. I mean, I'm going to tell you how I signed it off and you'll immediately, I think, yeah. get what the, and one of them is a film I'm designing for a feature film I'm designing for series three and the other ones, Evans, but I signed off. If you go, you can go back and look if you want, but uh, when we were sort of 
wow, thank you, everybody. Like kind of closing out when we funded, I signed off on that update and said, AJ, I want to play a game Porfirio and Evan, I'll be back, Derek. Oh, and wow. Was, <laughs> oh and that was a clue as to that is amazing. What, two of the <laughs> of the series three feature films. That that is exciting. Uh, <laughs> I want to do. I want. I want to do the Arnold yell. So, a lot of people. That one is like people are really excited about that. Even oh, though it's exciting, everyone kind of you know understands it's not horror technically in the sense of the word like <laughs> hey, we've covered it here so well yeah, yeah that but that fits the final girl trope for sure so like 100 yeah 100 um, people are that's exciting people are jazz to to the point where there was one backer commented and they were like oh my god aj you're my favorite person and you know and i was like well as much as i'd love to be your favorite person <laughs> evan's kind of more the brainchild of that one so he'll, it's he'll very exciting be, i'll have to settle for you know second or whatever else but that yeah. that's super exciting oh man that's super exciting well thank i, I want well, thank you very very much for sharing that nuggets with uh nuggets nuggets i don't know why i said that yeah. uh, for, for sharing that nugget with us so um we really appreciate your time we want to be respectful of your time and on that note uh about this movie uh y'all y'all want to get into yeah. little barbary street y'all want to get into uh little airbnb y'all want to y'all want to check in uh see what see what the location is see how the neighborhood is i so, feel compelled uh, to make a statement right now for any listener who has not watched this movie we will spoil this movie this yeah, is well, an easily spoilable movie if you haven't watched this movie go watch it it is worth not being spoiled when you watch it you have been warned 100 awesome. percent no, that's awesome. So, um, as we're prone to do, uh, actually, Nathan, I uh, I feel like a bad host. I I've not prepared. Do you do you have a summary of Barbarian uh, at the ready? If not, then I'm going to set the guest up while you vigorously tap into your phone and maybe try to locate one. Oh, look. Okay, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to briefly summarize Barbarian again. Please, everybody, go watch it, uh, and then we'll get into the meat of our discussion. Go ahead, Nathan. Traveling to Detroit for a job interview, a young woman books her rental home. But when she arrives late at night, she discovers that the house is double booked and a strange man is already staying there. Against her better judgment, she decides to spend the evening. Before long, mysterious sounds draw her to other parts of the house where terrifying discoveries prove there's a lot more for her to fear than just an unexpected house guest. That is from the Ooh. Apple Apple Store. Very, very nice. So uh, we're going to round Robin here, and, and, and I'll call on some people, starting with our guests. I, I'm curious primarily to know, you know, how did you stumble upon this film? How did you see it? Was it the theaters? Was it at home? You know, did you know about it beforehand or whatever? And then just a general overall response. We can keep specifics kind of out, but um, Evan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, just, you know, summary of how you stumbled into this film and, and what you thought about it, generally speaking. This was the rare film that I went in completely, totally blind. Mm. Like I had not, I hadn't seen a trailer. I didn't even know who was in it. It's <laughs> awesome. I didn't know what it was about at all. Uh, I'd just seen people talking about it. They said, oh my gosh, you have to go see Barbarian. It's fantastic. Uh, don't look at anything about it. Just go see it. I, I saw a couple of those notes. So I took that to heart because it's very it's very rare these days for any of us to be able to go to see 
uh, a, uh, a movie or a TV show, play a video game, anything without having a significant amount of information about what that is before we go into it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, modern movie marketing is basically telling you um, most of what the movie is about. <laughs> and so it's very rare to, to, to be able to go in completely blind, but I went in totally blind on this and absolutely adored it. I thought, and I I feel bad for people that get it spoiled or aren't able to have that kind of experience because I feel like that was so important to what the film was, is that is is the surprise of what you initially think it is when you start watching it and then what it becomes, which Mm -hmm. is wholly different and completely unexpected from where you start. So, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. AJ, uh, to you, how'd you come into it? What'd you think about it? Yeah, similar to Evan. I mean, I, I think I, I can't remember if I was seeing people talking about it, you know, uh, without spoiling on our Discord and just saying Barbarian. Cause, and I kept thinking Barbarian, like that sounds like a sword and sorcery or something. Like I couldn't picture for some reason. I was like, how is that? That doesn't sound like horror at all, but okay. And I think Evan had went and, went and saw it and said, don't don't look up anything like just go see it basically what he just said and i was like all right cool and yeah so i went i went with one of my kids um a 13 year old and he he really liked it Uh, my older two are are into horror my youngest and he's you know too young for a lot of stuff but even just anything scary he's just out on it he's but the older two like it but anyway uh (laughs) My middle son in the middle of the movie, you guys know when the big, there's the big transition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes, Whoa, that was just the intro. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Uh, so I, great. He, he loved it. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, and we'll get into even more of the details, but yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's, that's awesome. Matt, how about you? Yeah, so saw this uh, on a guys' weekend with uh, Nathan and our friend Stephen Hairgrove, and uh, yeah, I think we all didn't really know anything about it. It was just kind of the movie that was out. Normally on a guys' weekend, we'll we'll catch a movie in the theater, and uh, so this one was getting buzzed, and so we checked it out. No idea what we we're getting into, and uh, just a memorable movie watching experience, and and uh, and one that stuck with me afterwards. I was in an Airbnb a couple weeks ago in Charlotte. And the, the house had a, a door to the basement that was locked, padlocked. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Immediately, right where your head goes to, you're like, okay, what's, yeah. So it, uh, I don't think staying in Airbnb is a whole different experience after, after seeing that movie. I think. Mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely resonate. Nathan, I'm going to let you close this out. I'm going to uh, mention, first of all, that um, so on that whole Airbnb thing, there are two, I love staying in an Airbnb. Like I love particularly like cabins in the mountains, man. Like that's my, that's my jam. Uh, but there are two films that have really made me pause <laughs> about that, about that venture. Barbarian is one of them. The other one is a film, uh, I think from a couple of years ago called the rental, um, starring, uh, Dan Stevens and I think Allison Breeze in it, but, uh, you know, Barbarian definitely like further solidified, like, oh, okay, wait a second on the Airbnb. But before I pivot over to Nathan, Nathan actually had texted me after, I think, I think maybe the same day, shortly after you guys saw it. And he was like, you need to see Barbarian. You need to know nothing. 
like just like absolutely like do not see anything spoiled and so on that note now i did not get to see it in the theater but on that note i vigorously avoided any sort of investigation any sort of looking like if i was looking at some lists where people were like you know exciting new horror of the year or whatever whenever barbarian would pop up i would be i would just skip i would abandon the article like no 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 i just want and so when i finally got to see it when it came to streaming uh it was one of those rare like afternoons where the house was empty and everything so uh i just kind of zoned or in oh i don't do that and so <laughs> but just zoned in and just had an absolutely wonderful time with it. I do want to mention one thing uh, that I'll maybe elaborate on more on when we get, when I first saw this, the energy around it for me was such that I named this on the pod. When we cited our 10 favorite horror films of the year, I named barbarian as my favorite. I named it as number one, Evan, you talked about how integral the surprise nature of that is. And I feel like that was a big part of the energy that drove it up to the top. It has since, not that I like the film any less. It has since fallen to number two because my second time going through it, I do feel like, and this is why we're stressing one more time before we get into specifics, see this film because this film kind of depends a bit on surprise. And if you know a little bit more going into it, the energy is just not the same. Still a very well-crafted film. Still have a lot of things that I'm going to praise. And it only fell from number one to number two, but I did note that like my second time going through it, it didn't have the exact same kind of energy behind it. And I think that surprise was a, a big key for me. But Nathan, uh, I know I know now from Matt where you saw it, but mm -hmm. further further thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, Matt and Steven, and we went on a guys weekend. And, you know, Evan, you made a reference to marketing and film marketing and, and all this stuff. And like, I've almost throttled back rather significantly in recent years in how actively I will pursue movie industry information and, and, and do my best. I've got a few voices I pay attention to like podcast, you know, kind of film critic type folk. And so and I kind of limit myself um, in case there are instances like a barbarian or so or such. And it is, it's almost like painfully disheartening how hard it is to be surprised in a movie these these that's released these in this era right uh it's one thing to go back and watch something you've never seen before and of course doesn't really have any modern buzz attached to it so oh wow that was really cool i've never seen that before um and and i just can't overstate how energized being surprised is um by by truly earned narrative kind of implementation and you know this this film will will live in infamy because it was not matt but the third member of our party who was there at the point of the film when <laughs> the homeless man is yelling um <laughs> he says oh god <laughs> he says she and i've been living in this place 15 years she ain't never coming this and she just bore just you know kind of barrels through this giant wall like our, the third member of our party that was with us in my periphery i see his legs just flail up into the air when she comes and it's and it's one of the most telegraphed jumps in the movie but yeah. you, you know be, i think partly because of the surprising nature of the narrative you it almost makes you unprepared for it so just a great theatrical experience and curiously Reed, I, I kind of had a little bit of an opposite opposite experience to you because like you i was worried like is this going to hold up without that surprise intact and don't get me wrong the surprise does a lot of heavy lifting uh but just watching it again the other night i was 
I was, I was sucked in, you know, yeah. um, that, that first half hour, AJ to your son's point, the, the opener, uh, mm-hmm. the cold open, I do think re- functions really fascinatingly as this piece of cinema, meaning because we all know if you've seen it once, there is no threat between the two of them. It's almost this really fascinating use of audio and editing and mood and tone to create threat where there actually isn't any between the two of them. And so that's a really fast face. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a typecasting for him or go or casting against type rather, but, but well, I was a little disheartened because uh, as a person that can be socially awkward, sometimes Bill Skarsgård is scary because he's socially awkward in that movie. I'm like, that's, that's why she distrusts him because he doesn't know how to, you know, invite her to a glass of wine. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So. That was very awkward. <laughs> well, he's but, like um, trying so hard to be nice that it's right. like, you're being too nice. Like that's <laughs> yeah. creepy. Like, yeah. Well, between, between their interactions, the energy that the change creates the, the energy that the, the pivot uh, introducing Justin Long, it, it just, just breathes into mm-hmm. the, the narrative um, just really carries it the rest. And so, so I won't disagree that of course the surprise, knowing the surprises, you know, diminishes a little bit, but I was very much kind of in, in on the second viewing in a way that I was worried I might not be. Um, let's do this. So if we don't mind, let's get a little didactic and talk about some that ain't right. So friends, foggers, guests, it is time for the part of the show where we discuss things from the film that aren't just wrong, but of which might be said, that ain't right. sure as hell ain't right so consult your that ain't right lists and aj and evan one it's just thrilling to have you here to like talk about a movie and like (laughs) dive in i i read y'all's um update your newsletter updates and i'm like dang they are watching stuff we're talking about we gotta get them on here so it's really fun (laughs) to have you on in this context um uh promoting final goal is awesome talking about movies is awesome too so consult your list and this is just the part where the things that are grisly grotesque jump scare horrifying just whatever you would equate to that ain't right you get to choose pick your top one and we'll we'll definitely go around at least once uh and there's we'll only there. one like if we don't all have the exact same one I, something's wrong with y'all there's only one thing well evan since you're since you're leading the charge why don't you start us off what is the one unequivocally that you would state the one thing is justin long getting breastfed by oh my god crazy like creepy woman like like the close-up of just her shoving her horrifying boob Mm -hmm. into his mouth and there's like hair like there's hair on it yeah. and it's like yeah. it, it's just oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> he's like trying yeah, to fight it but it's just like happening anyway. you can't so, fight her you can't fight mama oh my uh, god don't even try so disgusting so disgusting it's, you really just it, want a slow clap in the theater you're like right. gum. y'all did that I, I would be impressed if any one of you can make an argument for any other moment in that film being more unpleasant or disturbing to watch than that one. 
Nope. Uh, I mean, you well, that's, no the, that's the end of the segment. Thank you, Evan. For <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, AJ. What what would be if we're if you're not going to pick that? Uh, yeah, what that would was be definitely one? on my list. I did have yeah. three. Um, yeah, I think that I'm gonna another one. I I thought of was when she is in the basement and she sort of first finds that trap door. And she sort of finds that lever and figures out how to open it. And it just opens like into blackness. Mm-hmm. And even she has the reaction. She's like, nope. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I'm like, at that point, like, that's when you're like, nah, I, like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I thought that how they handled that and how she has to sit there with it. And like, eventually she's kind of like, all right, I'm going to go in. Like she you know, time passes and, you know, whatever reason she ends up going in. I can't remember if she went, I think she went in and found the room right before she chased after him when he went down there. Right. Uh, Yes. But yeah, just the, just that moment of like, it was like the perfect encapsulation of like total unknown, like unexpected and unknown. Like there's a, some kind of dungeon down here. Like what? Yeah. I remember uh, seeing the opening door, I remember thinking like, this movie could go in a million different directions. It could be werewolves, vampires, zombies. Like, where are we going from here? And it, uh, that yeah, because really it was the first introduction of some danger that wasn't Bill Skarsgård, right? Like, right. the whole yeah. thing up to that point was like, oh my god, is this guy a creep? And like, your whole intention is on that focus, and so to be presented with this other possible danger, you're all of a sudden like wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> well, and such a signal to that, uh, watching it a second time for our conversation tonight and paying attention to smaller things that I'd, I'd either forgotten or didn't notice the first time. But I love the opening, uh, uh, the transition into the title card Yeah, when she effectively steps through the door and it is, right. you've entered hell. Like yeah. you, you, yeah. you have stepped into another realm of possibilities, all of which are not in your best interest and that that kind um, of shows bill skarsgård is not the threat it's her entering the house is once the house is the threat what's in the house is the threat it's not yeah. bill skarsgård when you watch it the second time you realize that. Yeah. yeah no that's awesome matt what would have been your another uh, that ain't right for you besides the breastfeeding scene um just the, just the physicality it's just of, a beautiful moment between a mother and her yeah, surrogate it was, stop, it was stop really, that. really heartwarming <laughs> Uh, just just the physicality of bill skarsgård there's a scene where he's in the debate cover and it's just like that's just a weird shaped guy like his arms are he's huge his arms are so long and then uh so the debate cover you're just like that's just a strange shaped guy and then uh in the tunnel where she's looking for him and he comes out crawling oh man just it's just so Mm -hmm. much heightened than if he was like running at her like him crawling just it just highlighted um you just don't there's just something off there. and uh well, so they kind of- they use darkness blackness negative space yeah. very well in this like re-watching that that whole tunnel scene almost any scene when there someone's trekking through the tunnel and and dangers afoot but specifically the one where she is tentatively looking for him mm-hmm. it is it is riveting and it is terrifying and to your point matt the brilliance of that is you are watching eye level. You're right. watching the level of a normal human head 
looking for that. And then he creeps out on all fours. Oh my God. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Reed? What, what, what would be on your list? Man. Uh, so, so obviously some major ones have hit up. I'm going to, I would, I would echo everything that has been said. <clears throat> I mean, that 40 that 40 minute mark really messed me up the the breastfeeding thing really messed me up um so i will say perhaps a bit more conceptually but definitely like on a that ain't right list is just the entirety of aj's character not aj Oof. the one with us aj right you know no. we love our guest aj but the character in the film who's named aj um just the entirety of his character everything about him just reeks of misogyny and lack of self-awareness of how he's navigating through the world and his interpersonal relationships and everything. And it, it, it's by design. I mean, that's the way that character is supposed to be. But even in the moments towards the end of the film where you feel like he's about to have some lucidity and that he's going to actually like, oh, no, I've hurt people and I need to take responsibility. But boy, the very next opportunity that he had where it's just like, well, I can get away and you can't. So I'm just going to. That's terrible. That is like, oh, wicked. my gosh. So, so yeah, just like, and, and yeah, shooting her was an accident. Like, I can kind of see he's just, he's terrified and he's just shooting at what's in the darkness. So, like, kind of let him off the hook for that one accident. But there's so much else to him that is just absolutely atrocious that it's really hard not to just see it all as this big amalgam. I will say, a, a great moment of just uh, letting us know so that there's no further ambiguity about anything is when he's drinking with his friend in the club oh, and he asks, terrible. you know, the friend asks like, Hey, just level with me. What's going on here? Um, that character's response removes any version of ambiguity of anything about whether or not this guy absolutely is the, the bottom of your shoe level trash like he is just absolutely he's completely and totally deserves everything that is coming to him but yeah that's that that's my that ain't right it's just the entirety of his character um i still feel the suspense when he's going through these certain things just because that's the energy of the film but man yeah he he ain't right so yeah um well kind of folding in and piggybacking on that evan you aren't wrong you started with the grand slam the one just horror moments <laughs> is that fleshy prosthetic breast being you know shoved into a grown man's you know <laughs> like seriously why did uh, i even bring a drink to this conversation in a, in a decrepit cavernous underground layer of nursing but if we're going to are you sure you want to drink right now man uh if we're going with non-traditional horror that ain't rights they're of just things you could see happen in, a, in the world that are just your heart falls into your feet, your stomach falls into your feet. When AJ drunkenly calls Megan, it's terrible. Mm. You're like, oh my God, dude. Cause you just know it's one thing, Reed, to your point of him making that isolated confession, which is wretched and terrible. It's mm. another thing when he steps into the scenario in such a, such a just sloppy and, bad way it that's yeah. you oh god it, it's not that i empathized with him uh it's not that i sympathize with him whatsoever but in that moment you're like oh you oh my god oh my god you just you made the one choice that your specific character should never have made and it wasn't going down in the basement <laughs> it was making that phone call <laughs> um 
Okay. Okay. Let's see. Any yeah, one other honorable mention? Yeah. So it, the movie unlocked this new adult fear that I didn't know I had is when she wakes up in the morning and steps out and finds out she's in like this decrepit neighborhood. Oh, I'm like, yeah. that, just the, if you put yourself in her feet and you're like, it's dark, you pull up. I mean, just the idea of pulling up to a place that's dark, you don't really know where you are. And then waking up the next day and you're in this unsafe place. I mean, that's terrifying. That was wild. That was absolutely well, wild. Well, you make a great point there, Matt, because that's almost part of the genius of the film. Right. is the setup is so true but it's one of those things unless you're just really working for it you may never think of right but it's so resonant to kind of the the culture we've we've currently created for ourselves and at um, first i thought it was supernatural or something else going on but then i realized no it's just dark and rainy when she gets there she just doesn't realize what's around her it just could happen to anybody i mean really good yeah well that my friends, has been the part of the show where we have discussed things from the film that aren't just wrong, but of which might be said, Mama! That sure as hell ain't right. Oh my. <laughs> You've been practicing that? Oh, no, 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 just uh, <laughs> stuff I never just logs thought, away. <laughs> I never thought anything could ruin the Ronettes for me. The Ronettes the are... What? The Ronettes, oh. the, the be my baby, like, be my I baby. Never thought that is anything. perfect. Perfect needle perfect. drop. Oh, perfect, wonderful. Hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just kick the door open here. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the rope and just kind of pull, <laughs> and and we'll open it, and y'all can kind of walk in. You can measure the floor if you'd like. Which which all you know, dim surprise aside is still a glorious piece of comedic set piece. I mean, that is so funny that he is so tied up in that exercise. Um, I will, I will read this note and then let y'all just run with, if you want, this is the part of the show where we discuss some deeper thematic water weight into some deeper thematic waters. We can spend as much or as little time as we want to here. It is slightly late for everybody. So mild sensitivity to that, but I can't help but just be dumbstruck that they've made a movie about very currently topical gender dynamics, gentrification, affordable housing, Reaganomics, and just made it one of the biggest horror hits of the year. It's kind of mind-blowing that it does so well all the things that it does and you know even as the movie so capably illustrates is just and we're a bunch of dudes talking about this movie but the way the movie positions these characters uh tess and her uncertainty in the world perhaps but specifically in the moment she stepped into uh, uh, juxtaposed with character AJ's utter uh, uh, self-interest, uh, obliviousness, entitlement to all things. Um, and, and I don't know, I'm just, it's more observational and, and meant to prompt, you know, conversation that I'm just really kind of impressed, like to be able to, you know, this is me putting on my the annoying critic in my head's hat, like you can call it woke if you want to, but it's still a damn good movie. And to be able to thread all these needles of social commentary while still delivering 
one of the preeminent kind of twists of 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 modern horror cinema much less modern cinema alone is just i'm just really impressed and so in the world of slow claps that is the slow clap i give barbarian any 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 thoughts either stemming from that or or whole other different things that you saw in it that are worth uh a substance note so i will i I will uh take that baton and then i'm going to pivot it into a question that i am interested to explore with everybody so one of the things that I responded to when I walked away from it the first time was all of these different social touchstones that you mentioned. I don't feel that any of them are terribly heavy handed. I feel like the the heaviest hand this film plays, certainly open to pushback if anybody disagrees, but I feel like the heaviest hand this film plays is with the police officers that the police officer interaction is kind of the 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 first time where I thought like, OK, this is this is edging towards like sort of uh, message centric, y'all got the point yet kind of thing. Everything else felt like it was simply organically woven into the fabric of this very bizarre, horrific narrative. I feel like the police officers was the first time that they just kind of like, okay, well now we're going to tag very deliberately at this, at this other thing. Um, So I was really impressed with the way that they wove social commentary and, and, and all these subjects into, but the question that I have that this is literally, I'm about to ask the question and end my statement is, what is the barbarian of the title? What is what is that referring to? Could be referring to multiple things, but but as you guys were thinking about that, and and I'll give everybody a minute to think about it, but like, what is it? What do you think it's referring to? What is the barbarian of this uh, of this whole piece, this whole story? I'll give it a beat, and if anybody has a an immediate at the ready answer, then we'll start there. I mean, I think that other than you know, certain characters can be considered to be barbarians, but they never say barbarian in the movie. They always call it Barbary street. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I think just like if you live in Florida, you're called a Floridian. Mm -hmm. If you live on Barbary street, especially Mm -hmm. if you were born on Barbary street, lived on Barbary street, your entire life and (laughs) never left Barbary street you would be considered a barbarian. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, you could make arguments that, you know, AJ's character is a barbarian. The cops are barbarians, you know, all, all this, the Frank, the dad, he's the barbarian, but really it's the, it's the mother. She's, she's the barbarian. So she's the, she's the only one that lived on Barbary street her whole life and never left. The entire time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I remember after I saw it the first time having that question, right? I was like, why is this called bar-? like sure? Just thinking about that and wondering, like, it could easily have been called anything, you know, a lot of something else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. to Evan's point, like they never say anything, they never present like this is the barbarian, like, like right. right. There's no and probably that's by design and and you could give a a literal you know this person is the the barbarian or a figurative answer like i mean i think evan covered it pretty well i think for me where i settled on was i felt frank was the barbarian because Mm. he he took what he wanted with no remorse and aj to some extent does some of that um Mm. but I mean, I, at the end, had a little bit of sympathy for the mother, right? Like, at the sure. end, when 
when she test kills her, you almost have yeah. a little bit of pity um, yeah. for her because she chose none of that. I mean, she was right. a, she was a creation of the monster that was Frank. And, and when the homeless guy says, you know, she's not even the worst thing down there, mm -hmm. I quickly learn after that, that, and I agreed with that, which was Frank was the worst thing down there. Um, right. And all of his actions without, without everything he did, none of the rest of anything, you know, relating at least to the house happened. Right. Uh, and, your and I thought the way that the movie handled, you know, the, the quick flashback and kind of like showing how horrible and, and what he did without showing what he did. Yeah, right. Uh, exactly. Also yeah. when, you know, AJ's down there and watches the movie and in, in a paradoxical moment, completely judges Frank, right? Like sure. these atrocious things um, that could parallel what, you know, he was going through in the moment. But they never, you know, there's nothing that they don't put the viewer to have to like, because like, let's just be honest. I mean, that's just all of that's awful. And they could sure. have approached that a different way, which would have, you know, I, I feel like lacks some taste. Um, so I, mm -hmm. I just thought leaving, leaving that stuff out was a smart decision. But for me, yeah, it, was, it was Frank. I mean, but not to say that I, I have no idea if that's right or not or if it's sure. the right sure. but yeah well, that's my thought. I, I think i think you're both scratching at similar things which is uh, the the brilliance of the title is its multiple usage um mm -hmm. but to your point aj about the the darkness the the threatening nature of the the essence and character of frank one of the most brilliant moments in the movie is when mama is chasing character aj down the hallway and stops and again what i mentioned earlier about the blackness of the tunnel the, the way they use it she's just obscured and then just kind of evaporates into the darkness because she doesn't want to tread yeah, she further. backs off yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah um this who, who physically could rend character aj limb from limb as we know is mm -hmm. is totally threatened by i frank and doesn't want to engage mm -hmm. that yeah. yeah. And I feel like that the other component that made me think of uh, the barbarian is the name, but it makes me think of barbaric actions. It makes me think of barbaric uh, situations. And one of the things that I think is supremely clever and why I wanted to raise the part of why I wanted to raise the question is because I do think it's meant to be, you know, that basically there are multiple correct answers, but also there's a bit of an undertone to this where there's a barbarism to a lot of what's going on. Like, I feel like the police officers make a rather barbaric choice. AJ, of course, makes not AJ on the conversation character. AJ makes, of course, uh, some, some really barbaric choices. But I also feel like the climate of this neighborhood, the climate and, you know, everything that has sort of positioned it in this situation is a barbaric sort of environment and like a barbaric sort of um just situation as it as it were um even to the degree i know we give a lot of uh, uh, uh grace and understanding to keith as we should because he seems like he's at least a decent enough guy but you know the the way that he sort of like won't let her leave she's clearly terrified and sure he has a practical reason because he doesn't want to get locked in the basement okay that's fair but he you know he draws her back down 
into it and then just like begs her help and everything, but then continually draws her down. And there's a little bit of barbarism again to just so many of the choices that are made through the film, which I think can prompt some personal reflection on how am I being barbaric in my choices and does that or does that not make me a barbarian as well? Somebody who like, in other words, do barbaric choices make me one of those things, uh, which is something that I found fascinating and something I thought that was interesting. But Matt, I think I cut you off when I like yeah. jumped in real quick. So I just want to give you a minute. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Just talking about the title. Uh, I heard an interview with the director, uh, Zach Krieger, right? That's a- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Krieger so was, or Krieger. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know he was talking about the title and he had another title in place originally, but he couldn't use it because it was already taken. Uh, so the original title he wanted was Big Mama's House. Okay. And we're done here. <laughs> on a serious note. <laughs> on a serious note. Uh, no, so- <laughs> you, the mic is relinquished. You have, you're relinquished of your mic. Is this thing still on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure how it relates to the idea of barbarism, but just the, there's so many instances in this movie of people not being what they seem. So Keith seems creepy, but he's nice. The homeless man running at her in an amazing shot when she's getting out of the vehicle and you just see him in the, in the background getting closer and closer. He's, he seems threatening, but he's trying to save her. Um, AJ right. seeming like a nice guy and he's actually a predator. The, uh, the flashback with Frank and he's portraying himself as this repairman. Carlos. He's not what? Is, is that what the name on the thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carlos, you know, the obviously Hispanic repairman. Uh, <laughs> and then even the uh, big mama, she's, you think she's the monster, she's the victim, like throughout the whole movie. And then the police officers, like you mentioned, Reed, they see her and think that she's, you know, this drug addict, this, you know, she's right. not what she seems. And so, I mean, that seems like what the movie is trying to say. It's got something to say about things are not what they seem people are not what they seem and there's just so many times where things go against what you expect well i guess your your question actually prompted this in my head do you do you think the the essence of the film itself is cynical like like how you just position that and and that's not me challenging your note because i I think there's a lot of validity to that but how you just position it nothing is as it seems even literally the starting point of the film she's sitting in the rain outside this thing if if it were purely six hours either direction you know more or less she'd see what she's in right so do you do you think the 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 movie itself is has a cynical sort of energy to it uh i don't think so because i think it goes both ways so sometimes things seem negative but they're actually positive and some Mm -hmm. things appear positive at first they're negative so i feel like it's kind of even-handed with it it's just saying you know not everything is is what it appears on on the surface Uh, but i don't see it as necessarily cynical yeah I think the I think Tess plays a little bit of a paradoxical role to that, right? Because man, there's so many opportunities in the movie for her to let go of her faith in the goodness of people. I mean, the fact that she wouldn't leave AJ was pretty shocking. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and at that point, I mean, he hadn't done anything really to her. Um, but just everything she had gone through and now she has this chance to escape and 
she decides, Hey, I can't, I can't leave this guy. Like in, right, in good right. conscious, I cannot leave this guy down there. And I just felt she maintained her, her integrity and her sort of like, she is a good person and that does not falter despite mm-hmm. it give being given every opportunity and being wronged by almost everyone <laughs> around her in the film was kind of like makes her a final girl in a certain way. Right. Like not in the traditional sure. sense necessarily, uh, maybe some in the traditional sense, but also in the, the, me- you know, metaphorical symbolic, you know, she does come through that- it. She comes through it with her values. Like she right. never, she never sort of took the easy road. Well, what's fascinating about you even invoking the final girl motif there, AJ, is it really subverts it by the end too, because, because it's a mercy killing that she right. performs mm-hmm. against the mother. Like, you know, traditionally speaking, it's, it's, you know, the assailant, the pursuant is, is taken out to stop them pursuing. And, and because nefariousness is all they have. And, and in this instance, it's like, she's doing it partly for resolution because she gets the impression this thing is not going to leave her alone, but two, it's, it's out of mercy. And so that's a really, really fascinating turn on that, on that tradition there. But I think it's also to, to kind of blend these all together. I think it's a, it's a really strong note of saying that like Tess's values are what drive her choices. And that is what uh, she finishes the film intact with that. Like, you know, her values have driven her choices. And because those values are benevolent and good natured to the world around her. um, But she also doesn't seem supremely immediately very trusting especially with keith you know she's very cautious initially with keith um but she does operate from this place and i feel like everybody else in i'll say it this way because the i i forget who it was of us that said this but basically the the mother figure the 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 grotesque sort of figure in the basement is operating from her nature that's how she's she's not doing this out of an intentional kind of malevolence she just this is how she knows to operate so she's operating from her nature (laughs) in that same way and 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 there's going to be some nuance to this because i even I'm, i'm exploring it verbally as i'm saying it but i feel like maybe everybody in the in the piece is operating kind of according to their nature. It's just that some of those natures are barbaric and that, you know, everybody in the film is, you know, Frank is operating in accordance with like his values, which his values are monstrous and wicked and evil because of what he chooses to do and satiate his appetites with. Um, The Justin Long's character, AJ in the film is also operating from his values and what matters to him and what doesn't matter to him. And I do consider that that's really, it's really fascinating in that a lot of times the perception or to Matt's point, like what it looks like a thing is doesn't necessarily represent that thing's true nature. What the thing appears to be does not necessarily represent how that thing operates and 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 how that thing navigates through the world and it brings to light all these different questions of I'll, I'll say it this way and maybe this is my final uh, uh observation about things like this um 
I had uh, some situations at work several uh, years ago involving just like some, you know, work politics happens in all kinds of varieties of ways. And so like a couple of people were uh, trying to achieve one particular goal. There was somebody else who was trying to kind of oppose that goal. And there was a lot of this like, oh, can I trust them to talk about with this? Nothing illegal or, or, or nefarious. It was all in the mechanics and logistics of work. But I remember I made this observation to a friend. I was like, well, here's the reality. It doesn't matter if you appear trustworthy or not. It matters if you are trustworthy. It doesn't matter if you appear it. Because if if you are not trustworthy and people trust you, uh, you will let them down. You will fail them. If people don't trust you and you are trustworthy, what matters is that you maintain the consistency <clears throat> of operating from those values. And I think it's it, it calls to mind for me just the the reality of saying like it matters what you are not what you appear to be it matters that you are kind not that you appear to be kind it matters that you are you know uh benevolent not that you appear to be benevolent all those kind of things and that's basically like one of my big takeaways from barbarian is you know again maybe tying a bow on it that will that will lead us to the end but i feel like it's it's a utmost importance that we be honest with ourselves about what we are and be honest with ourselves about you know what our values truly are not just well i want to appear this way to these people and i want to be perceived this way by these people no it matters what you are not what people or, or those around you perceive to be that's that may tie no, off my section of you know but. that's reasonable and we can head towards home but you mentioned work politics and i'm just curious from evan and aj you know in y'all's you know respective work environments does is work politics really play a key role in how you interact at your place of business i'm just kidding yeah it's like it's like game of thrones over here man <laughs> the cones of dunshire you mean um uh that's awesome. We'll read. I think the movie kind of puts a fine bow on it for us with um, and and I'm actually not being glib, but I love AJ's line, however much he deviates you know, 10 minutes later. But that am I a good person who did a bad thing or am I a bad person? Like, that's a really yeah. Yeah. salient mm-hmm. question to kind of have present of mind. And 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 to the film's credit, I think they're not really interested in saying it is one or the other. It's it's right. meant to right. give mm-hmm. these slices of characters and 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 kind of let you do some of that some of that work. That invocation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um unless anybody has anything profoundly, you know, like, hey, I really didn't want to leave the conversation about bar- barbarian without saying X, then then uh, and which I'll give a moment for. And then if not, then we'll head to our rating system and, and wind it down. Everybody good? Anybody else want to squeeze anything in? No. Oh, I have one more thought. Language. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Not not really thought. Just something I'd read. I'd read an interview with Zach Craig Krieger, Krieger, whatever. Um, about how the genesis of writing it, and he um he read some book about all the signals women uh can get in their interactions with um men in mm. workplace and in life or whatever. And that oftentimes that women should trust. I think this was the gist of the book that women should trust their instincts and not uh, downplay. Like when they, when their warning signals go off or a red flag shows up that they should not ignore that they should, they should treat it as valid. Yeah. Um, and he'd read this book and then there, I guess there was a list of like all the different kinds of interactions um, where women should trust their instincts. 
and he decided to just put every single one of them into the beginning of the film. So he just he like went down the list and made sure that every kind of interaction that you could be you could find uncomfortable, like, oh look, he's pouring you some wine. Wow. Oh look, he's just kind of standing there awkwardly when you clearly indicate it's time to go. Wow. Uh, he's not he doesn't listen to you when you say we should not go down there. <laughs> he doesn't listen to you. So I thought that was a really fascinating way. And to Nathan's point earlier, how they managed to work in what really should have been heavy handed. Like if you if you describe the themes in this film to anyone who hasn't seen it, they're going to think that it sounds like a right. ridiculously poorly made heavy handed right. uh, preachy. No. preachy movie in it. It's absolutely, it's absolutely not. I think that, but it's also to your point, yeah. Evan, it's a fascinating kind of litmus test. So I've got a coworker. I, lo- I work in a sales environment and, and the only colleague I have who is a woman is a horror fan too. So we'll occasionally swap, you know, recommendations and whatever. And I had already seen barbarian. So was beginning rewatching it the other night. So this was probably about nine 30 PM on an evening probably about 10 minutes into it. And her name's Rebecca. And I was like, man, I bet Rebecca would enjoy this. If she hasn't seen yet. So, so shut off. Uh, Hey, you should check out barbarian, but don't look up anything. Um, didn't know that she wouldn't actually start the film until midnight. Uh, and I got a text the next day where it said, yeah, that movie was terrifying. I don't think I was even breathing properly for the first 30 minutes. <laughs> Just to your point about, you know, kind of, how you receive the information and and kind of what that opening scene does or doesn't do to the viewer to to me that is kind of the power of this particular film you know it it mm-hmm. is totally a rorschach in that first half hour of of kind of what you're going to see or want to see maybe maybe throughout much of it not just that first half hour cuz AJ is such a specific character in the film Oh, um, absolutely. Well, this is awesome. Um, Reed, you want to take us to the fog meter? I do. I do. Yeah. I just want to uh, make one more note on what uh, uh, Evan said about the the whole, like ignoring your instincts or ignoring the warning signs, something that has stayed with me from a completely different film. Uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, the David Fincher film from several years ago, there was uh, largely, I didn't respond very positively to that film, but there was one moment in it where there's a character. I won't spoil it for people, but there's a character who uh, suspects nefarious intent in another character and that uh, and 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 that suspicious character kind of talks them out of it and later they deliver a line where they said the fear of offending was greater than your fear for your own life like the fear the fear of like upsetting and offending me you didn't listen to your own instincts you didn't listen to everything that was telling you i'm bad news and you were afraid of offending me and the fear of offending me was greater than your own self-preservation instincts that has always stayed with me and uh and i do find that fascinating just as part of this whole conversation but um but yeah we've we've, we've talked for a long a long period of time want to be respectful of everybody's time as much as we can so we're going to go to our unique metric system for rating these films we could probably get through this in in three to five minutes um that's called the fog meter as per our show's title it is the fear and the god meter fear represents how scary the thing is how gruesome the thing is how gross the thing is 
God, uh, how substantive it is, how much it makes you think, how much it makes you question things and sort of gives your imagination things to uh, percolate on after the fact. Um, Nathan, why don't you and I start, give uh, our guests a moment to to think about it. Um, So Nathan, I'm actually going to start with you for Zach Kreger's Barbarian. What would you give on uh, from zero to 10 on the fear measurement? Um. I I think even if you know the surprises, I think it works. And I think when the dread is there, it is palpable and real. Reed, it's funny, I didn't mention it, but I don't totally disagree that the the there's a it's a bit thin with the cops and stuff. And like that is one of the few strings I feel like I can see. But overall, like I think it works. I think I think I might have edged a little higher. A first viewing, but I'm going to land at an eight for Barbarian on the fear meter. All right. Uh, I will resonate with what you're saying, agree with most of it. Uh, there's still a tremendous amount of just that ain't right gruesomeness going in there. So uh, so I think I'm going to land at a seven for myself. Matt, what would you give for the fear measurement on Barbarian? Yeah, I mean, just a little background. So I, I really didn't get into horror movies much until later in life. Uh, big reason just with the podcast Nathan started the podcast so just want to be a part of that so I started watching a lot more of the movies and this movie is the epitome of the appeal of horror movies because mm-hmm. normal movies have a left and a right limit and you know it's going to stay somewhere in here an R-rated horror movie like this you have no idea where it's going are you going to see a head ripped in half are you going to see a grown man breastfed by a giant inbred woman Are you? you have no idea what's coming and and just the heightened uh, scares, the heightened gore of everything just makes the humor hit harder. Um, just the unexpectedness, just everything is just... Um, and then it's just so cathartic. It doesn't pull any punches. Like I said, when AJ gets his comeuppance, you see his eyeballs squeeze out of her fingers. Like, Ugh. you see it all, and it's cathartic, and it works. And so it's, it's a 10 to me, because it just nice. it is why right. you watch Worm. This is it. Nice. I love All it. right. I hear you. Okay, AJ, uh, for the fear measurement, what would you give it on a zero to 10 scale? So I'm actually going to go nine. And why I'm going to do that, I, I think that I've seen it. We, a lot of us have seen it multiple times now, but I'm going to base it on that first experience. Sure. And the fact that the movie gives you fear, not just from the sense of like, where who's going to pop out kind of jump scare type deal or you know how how's the killer going to kill their next victim it's more of a fear of what is going to i don't even know what's going to happen next you know Mm -hmm. and any you know there's a point in the film where you're just like well holy crap like anything can happen here yeah um and i for one like you know I, i you had brought up, you know, when he, when he threw her off the water tower, mm-hmm. that got me. Like, I just wasn't, you know, I talked to Evan. I think Evan was maybe expecting a little more. I, I was like shocked. Cause like, yeah, he messed up and did a lot, you know, clearly not great things, but I just was rooting for the redemption arc and thinking this is your chance, right? Like right. to answer the question, did you just do a bad thing or are you actually a bad person? And like, oh, they answer. you just failed. The, like that was you guys, a lot of you guys like got to the answer much sooner than I did. But at that point was when I, when I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, yes, yeah. you yeah. are just a terrible person. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know. And, and there's some, you know, you can pick some of the stuff, especially kind of in the last 20 minutes, you can start to pick some things apart about like, you know, Oh, now she'll just go outside anytime. But like when Tess was in the basement, why didn't she just come out and attack her then? Like, right. But, sure, 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 you sure. know, I, I, the suspense was there. The fear was there. And just kind of some of the things Matt touched on coming out and just seeing the decrepit neighborhood. I just mm-hmm. think it, did. I think it, it captured fear in an untraditional way. And so for that, I give it a nine. That's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Evan, bring us home. Your zero to 10 measurement on the fear for Barbarian. Yeah, I would have to give it, man. Saying 10 sounds silly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think like, well, if I didn't give this a 10, what else would I give a 10 to (laughs) that I've seen? Like, so if there, there has to be something that's a 10. So if this is just a nine, what's a 10? But man, I feel like, Welcome to the fear of God, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's quite I, true. I feel like watching it when she discovers the door and she is going in and then going down the stairs after he's gone down and you don't know what, if it's, if you've gone in blind, you have no clue what she's going to find. And then all of a sudden that, you know, the mom, mother comes out of the darkness. You don't expect to see a eight foot naked, like middle-aged or elderly woman or however old she you is do not. come out of the <laughs> darkness and then smash Keith's head into like orange pole the rings up mm-hmm. against the wall. So uh, I feel like up into up through that point, I was it, it was I I can't I don't think I've experienced anything that had me that fixated and ready to just jump like sure. the whole like the whole world everything disappeared and you're just like what is happening <laughs> what oh my and you know like don't. You, you know, you see the old movies where people are watching horror movies, and then they're like, don't go in there, don't go yeah, in there. Yeah. Like, that's it, felt like I was experiencing that internally. Sure. This sure. like stereotypical horror movie moment where you're like, don't go in there, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and I, I, I don't get to, I don't have those very often. So I, you know what, I think I've got to say this is a 10. Yeah. Go awesome. for it. There it is. No, there it is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. No, that's so awesome. It's like it's like you're lowering that ten down into the cage, and you just know, yeah. that's right. Uh-huh. That's you know? right. Put the put right. the ten in your mouth. Put the ten. Open up. Put the ten in your mouth. Do it. Oh my god, that is so. That is so not right. It's amazing. It is not right. Okay, so uh, Nathan, I will come back to you. We'll snake back around the exact same way. So Nathan, what would you give for God meter for its, uh, you know, for its meat and potatoes, if you will? It's I love that we started the new year off with a guest saying, "Put the tin in your mouth." That was just classic <laughs> fear of God lore right there. Uh, you see what I have classic. to deal with every day? <laughs> yeah, no, I, you must. It must just be just roses at the workplace. Um, I think. I think even what we kind of uh, articulated and verbalized here put a finer point on some of the ambiguity I felt by the end of it, which I think might be intentional. It's, it's, it's kind of like Tess putting the mirror up to the darkness. It's like, Hey, which one of these might you be? 
uh what what shades of of wickedness and and you know to use mm. the the binary of good bad what what shades of badness do you traffic in why to me his phone call is so harrowing like oh my god you know watching a person do that and so i think the movie isn't just savvy as a horror film i think it kind of knows the themes it's at least attempting to play with uh, even if not all of them are perfectly realized so i'm gonna uh, uh repeat my eight uh for barbarians god metric well, what's, what's funny is we'll see if this holds up. So for many of the same reasons, um, but but also I was impressed with the sort of the layering in of everything. I'm going to repeat my seven. Uh, I feel like it dances with a lot of things, but cleverly so. And I feel like never gets overly heavy handed, but it's all there and it's all worth talking about. So you have a lot that your imagination can percolate on both narratively and thematically when you walk out of a film like this. So for me, I'm uh, going to also land at the seven. Matt, what say you zero to 10 for the God meter? Yeah, I mean, um, after watching it again, like, I saw so much more depth to everything, knowing what's coming, like, you can see so much more. I mean, like I said, this is like, if you want to show someone a horror movie, this is it. Like, if you want to mm-hmm. say, do you like horror movies? I don't know. Watch this movie. If you like this movie, you like horror movies. So <laughs> I, I'm going for it. We got a couple pairs in here. I'm going I'm going to there. You go another another yeah. going ten again. Yeah. All right. All right. AJ, feel no uh, pressure to follow the pattern. But what would you <laughs> give it for the substance and God meter on yourself? I'm I'm definitely going to go with an eight. I think that <laughs> I think someone said this earlier, but the way it handles the difficult topics, it doesn't it doesn't tell you how to think about them. It just presents them, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think in our in the world today, that's actually pretty uncommon. Um, sure yeah and like you know aj's never convicted there's never any hard evidence shown right you only get his feelings and the you know the outside perspective and then obviously you get his actions and it sort of you know corroborates you know what probably happened but um and same with you know bill scarsgard's interactions with tess right like yeah. I think Evan summarized it great. Like how we probably view that. I think we're everyone's creeped out, but that's a, probably a totally different experience for a woman watching that who sure. can relate to these things in a ways we just never will be able to. Um, yeah. But again, it still, even in all those moments, doesn't tell you, you know, what to think about it. Like whether you think the fact that he's offering her a glass of wine is friendly or creepy or whatever, that's just what's being presented and how you relate to that is through Mm -hmm. your own lens and your own perspective. So I just, I thought is, is maybe I'm convincing myself to go to a nine because I just think that how all that was done was pretty masterful. Um, Sure. And, and I don't, yeah, I just think it, all that is wrapped up in a horror film, right? Like, right. which makes yes. it even yeah. more amazing because most horror films aren't even, they're just, why bother like going there, right? Like, sure, of course. Kill some people, let's have some gore, let's jump scares, right? Like, and that, I think that's yeah. what separates it, right? Like, it did so much different than ev- whatever mm-hmm. everything else these days is doing. So I'll go yeah. to nine. Tonight. Okay, awesome, awesome. All right, Evan, bring us home. Now the pressure really is on Evan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Evan, for the God meter, zero to ten, what would you give Barbarian? I mean, I, I think I'd 
I think I'd probably land on a seven along with you. All right. So mm-hmm. I think that the, especially the gender dynamics and the, how uncomfortable she is and how palpable that is. Right. I think is really well handed. It's handled really well. Mm-hmm. And is almost educational in a way that yeah. nothing else could be like putting you in her shoes and allowing you, allowing you to experience that. So I think that that's sure. really effective. So I feel like def- that's a seven, but, but overall, I think some of the, even though I love the film, even though I, I, I like it a lot, I think some of the other notes are a little clunkier. Sure. Um, sure. So, understandable. So yep, understandable. Seven. It is. All right. And that means that collectively we give Barbarian written and directed by Zach Kreger an eight and a half out of 10 on the fog meter. That's uh, what you can expect for in its fear and its God measurements, its scares and its substance. Um, kind of round robining one last time. Would we recommend that people see Barbarian? I feel like this is an easy answer. Evan, I'll start with you. Do you recommend people see Barbarian? Uh, absolutely. But if you listen to this whole thing and haven't exactly. seen it, then exactly. what is wrong with you? And I'm so angry at you right now. So, so true. It's so true. All right. AJ, would you recommend people see barbarian? I have recommended it and I do recommend it. Yes, absolutely. Matt, what say you? Absolutely. I wholeheartedly recommend it. I join in that as well. Nathan, bring us home. What do you think? Yes, Reed. Absolutely. I recommend Barbarian. I have right after I was watching it or when I was watching it. Um, I, 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 it's a, it's a great little flag. So yes. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, pretty unanimous recommendations and pretty strong showing on the fog meter. If I, I, I echo Evan's anger. If you have listened to this entire thing and you have not seen it, like, man, my goodness, you've missed out. You've missed out on some wonderful yeah. opportunities for surprises. But um, uh, I want to thank you very, very much, AJ, Evan, Matt. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having this conversation with us. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for hanging with us. Nathan, thank you, as always, for these wonderful conversations. Uh, this has been a blast, and, uh, and, and we can't wait to have you guys back on again sometime. We'll find an excuse, and we'll extend an invitation, yeah. and we'll have you back, and we'll talk about even more horror. Um, and it is fitting. Listeners still don't know, but like Matt's screen is going wild again, and it is just flashing all kinds of things like, my God. I thought we were talking about Barbarian, and here we are in finding ourselves in Unfriended. But as we say on every episode, episode. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you all to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Everybody, we will see you next week. Everybody on this call, thank you again. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. 
Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.